Good afternoon. Welcome. I'm Dr. Jill Brooks, Director of Education for First Healthcare Compliance. Here at First Healthcare Compliance, we are focused on helping healthcare providers and billing companies around the country save time and money while reducing compliance risks with our single source solution. Each month, we bring different experts in the field to discuss a variety of topics relevant to healthcare businesses. We are so pleased to have Ray Ribble, managing partner of All Medical Solutions, joining us today for our broadcast. Ray's overall responsibility for managing and directing All Medical Solutions healthcare business activities in Southern California and across the United States. In addition, he is on the board of the parent company Fusion Systems and oversees operations in Tokyo, Shanghai, Hong Kong, and Singapore. Ray is actively involved in accelerating growth, implementing best practice guidelines, and maintaining customer service levels within each market. Ray and his team just completed three plus years supporting the high tech program as a certified service provider to healthcare providers in Southern California. As a byproduct of that interaction, they developed a PHI monitoring solution that is now being used throughout the US. Ray? Okay, thank you very much, Joe. I appreciate that, and uh, good afternoon or good morning to everybody there. Um, again, my name is Ray Ribble, and I'm the managing partner with All Medical Solutions. Um, I'm going to walk you through a number of slides today and talk to you a little bit about our experience with monitoring PHI access, and at the end, I'm going to provide you with contact information. So um, as you're listening, if you have questions, uh, write them down. Um, my contact information will be there. Feel free to just send me an email, uh, make a phone call to me, let me know that uh, you were one of the participants on the uh, on the event today, and I'm more than happy to reach back to you and provide you with my expertise or one of the senior members of our security staff and share with you our experiences and our answers. So with that, let me jump in. Uh, the agenda for today is uh, obviously to introduce ourselves. Uh, let's talk about PHI. Uh, let's talk about the monitoring options that are out there. Uh, I'll show you some case studies of our experience across the United States, talk about some of the benefits and decisions that uh, are available to you and that you will have to make if you haven't made them already, and then we'll summarize everything. Um, so as Jill introduced, uh, I am part of a company called Fusion Systems. Uh, Fusion Systems entered into the healthcare uh, business about four years ago. We acquired a company here in the United States. Um, and funny enough, I started my company in Asia. Uh, back in 1992 uh, with my partners. We were all Americans working overseas. Uh, we built that business, so that's why you see all the Tokyo, Shanghai uh, events. But uh, ultimately, the desire was to come back to the United States and build the business here. Uh, today, we're working uh, with our product and with our services. Uh, we've delivered systems to over 800, 1,800 providers with the high-tech program. Uh, we learned a lot about what works and what doesn't work, and so uh, we have a lot of insights there. Uh, and as you can see, the AMS uh, Sphere product is what we're focusing some of our energies on as we're using the PHI access. Um, let me start with something that's meant to be a little bit of a chuckle. Um, healthcare perspective, if I take two aspirin, if I drink eight ounces of water, and I eat, eat an apple a day, it's supposed to keep the doctor away, and it results in a healthier rate. At least that's, the, uh, that's what I'm told, right? Um, let's apply that to a medical office, uh, especially in today's world. Um, if you do your security risk assessments, if you follow all of the HIPAA rules, and if you're monitoring who's looking at your PHI data, the result is supposed to be a safer office, 
which then results in a safer patient. Um, and the question is, are we doing this? And if, if so, how often are we doing it? And how well do we understand the data that we're looking at? And that's what I want to try to provide some insight to for today. Uh, so as you go into this world and you start to bring your um, EHR online, you were a member or a participant in the high-tech program, um, or maybe you were a specialist and you brought that system in at an earlier stage, uh, some of the questions that you needed to ask yourself and that you should be asking yourself are on this page. Um, the first thing you want to do is take a look at your own office and say, what information systems am I using that generate PHR? It's not just the EHR system. Um, some organizations that we come across are using disparate systems. So it could be practice management, it could be a PAC system, um, it could be a number of different systems uh, that you have in your office that are responsible. It's not just one. So um, take a look at that, make sure you know of what those systems are. Uh, next, have you done your security risk assessment? And if so, are you keeping that up to date on a yearly basis? Uh, the next one is, of course, the risk management program. So as part of your policies and procedures, which I have down lower, um, are you constantly going through and looking at it from a risk management perspective? Uh, the last thing, or the next thing I want to urge everybody to pay attention to isn't just what you're doing, but also the third parties that you bring into your office. Um, PHI and monitoring PHI isn't just about your staff, it's also about third parties that you allow in your office. So as you bring what the security around those systems are. And then from the services perspective, your service partner, have they signed a BAA with you? Um, if they're accessing your data, if they're storing data for any reason, where is that data being stored? Isn't it being stored in a safe place? Is that storage facility, if it's a data center, is that HIPAA compliant itself? And I know that's a nuisance, and I know it's a lot to think about when you're trying to do patient care, but unfortunately, these are the constraints that HIPAA puts upon us as part of these rules. Uh, and last but not least, is that in your office, developing and implementing sanctions policy. What I mean by this is, not fining your employees, but if you break a rule, the government says they're going to fine you. They're going to fine you a lot of money. It could be $500, it could be $50,000. If your employees aren't following the rules that you've established in your business, what are the sanctions that you have for them? Do they get written up? Um, what happens when we break a rule? Most people don't think of business that way, but I think you need to start at least giving a consideration as part of how you manage your PHI. So where is the PHI? Um, in the old days, it was on the wall. In the back, and you know, all the beautiful colors, all the beautiful codes, and everybody knew how to use that system. But over the last three and a half, four years, we've made this big move from paper to digital. So it's in my EHR, it's in my practice management. It could be a lab system, it could be a clinical system uh, on an off-site. Off it could be on-premise, it could be off-premise. Um, so there's a lot more going on out there than just uh, what we used to manage. In the old days, I locked my door, I set the alarm, I went home, and I thought my data is safe, reasonably safe. Uh, today, my data is in a live environment somewhere all the time. Even if it's on-premise and I'm hooked to the Internet, there's the potential for somebody to access that data. So building the firewall, putting in the policies and procedures to protect that data is extremely important for your business, for your practice, for your reputation, and for your patients. So uh, what type of limitations exist in terms of physical uh, safeguards? Uh, you still need to lock the office, of course, but now you need to lock down your system. Uh, so password security, uh, you 
or firewall. They're updating. And are they storing that information on that device when they go home? Um, if so, the next question is, who's granted access to that information? How do you know how they're using it? And then finally, it's device and the media control in terms of access control. And please don't forget disposal. Um, how do you dispose of data? Let's say you have a, uh, a computer system in your office that goes end of life. Well, you need to make sure that uh, when that happens, you might erase that data, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that data is gone. So what we recommend is that you have the hard drive removed from the system and actually crushed, uh, preferably on-site so you can see it happening, uh, to really ensure that that data is not going to end up in somebody else's hand or that hard drive is not going to end up on uh, one of the uh, medical uh, websites talking about your organization being hacked because they got a hold of one of their hard drives. We all know those are the stories that seem to make it in the news every day. So what's to worry about? Uh, what's to worry about is quite complex. Again, I bring you back to PCs, tablets, and smartphones. There's just way too many devices for you to keep track of in your office, in your facility, and the ability for your employees to log in, see data, and manipulate that data as part of their daily job. Um, you know, our smartphones are smarter than ever. Uh, they're getting bigger. And it's much easier for us to read and manage the data. And um, anybody who's using a smartphone, or an iPhone, knows that I can do a screen screen grab, you know, for Snapchat or whatever, and actually capture that information. How would you know that that even happened? Uh, the question, the answer is, you wouldn't. You wouldn't know that that happened. So if I wanted to look at 15 different files of a patient, uh, which may look like I'm doing my normal job, and I've been doing a screen grab of each one and then passing that off to my new boyfriend who's in the micro group, well, you're not going to know about that. There's no way for you to realize that that's happening. Um, and if you were able to look at those auto logs coming out of your system, would you be able to recognize that pattern to determine whether or not malfeasance is taking place? And typically the answer is no, because you're experts at healthcare, you're not experts at IT systems. Um, it's difficult, if close to impossible, to understand when snooping is taking place. Um, it's difficult to know if identity theft has taken place. My point there that I bring to you is that 67% of all of the breaches that are happening in the United States are caused by internal employees. And, and let me drill down on that for you if I can. Of that 67%, most of those breaches occur within the employee, within the employee's first 90 days on the job. So what we found in the Poneman Institute, if you want to do some research on this, the Poneman Institute issues a paper every year that you can take a look at, which will provide you with details on uh, where those breaches are taking place, the type of breaches, what type of systems are being accessed. Um, I'm happy to share that link with everybody after. Uh, and mostly, it's law. Right? We know this. Uh, we've all seen these bullet points 
garbage. You don't want to read them. That's too hard. Um, I will make this uh, deck available to everybody. But there's a regulatory framework out there, uh, both from the meaningful use perspective as well as from HIPAA, that we're required to follow. And we all know that um, more often than not, the rules are very vague. Regularly monitor access. Define regular. Is that 20%? Is that 50%? Uh, I guess it doesn't mean 100%, but if I'm not looking at 100% of it, am I 100% sure that my data is safe, that I know who's accessing the PHI, and that I'm confident that no, no malfeasance is taking place? And of course, the answer would be no. It's not a court of law, but somehow when these breaches take place, the fingers are pointed at the healthcare organizations and they're blamed for not doing enough to protect the information. So where's the disconnect? Uh, we know the regulations require us to monitor access. We probably know it's the right thing to do. Patients, I don't think that they've come to the level where they're protesting against us. They're not going to come to our office. But if you do have a breach, the data supports that 60% of those patients will not return to your office. Uh, and again, I can show you some um, data that supports those numbers. But uh, if the news gets out, if you have 500 records or more, and you have to go out and run an ad in the local newspaper, you have to contact legal sources, you end up on Health and Human Services' uh, wall of shame for a major breach, uh, expect your business to be uh, impacted heavily, if not put out of business. So again, spending a little bit of money up front, and I know everybody hates to do that, spending more on IT when you're a healthcare organization, but spending that money might prevent you from losing your practice or losing your business. Um, not doing anything can jeopardize patient safety cost of that breach uh, if it becomes public is just too high for you to afford. So where does this reside? I talked about this in the earlier slide. I'd like to come back to it again. And I like you know, when I give presentations, I want to bring people back and forth in terms of reiterating the points. It's in your EHR, it's in that EMR, it's in that practice management system. It could be in a lab system that you share with another office. We have a number of clients who have two or three offices uh, and, you know, Monday and Tuesday, they're at one, and then the whole team moves over to a different office on the other side of town for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh, or they might work in a clinic on a Thursday or a Thursday or a Saturday, but they're still accessing data from the original site or from the cloud. So it's in sensitive applications. Uh, quite often, it's moving around in a network. That network is not only contained within your office, but it may be up in the cloud, which means that other third parties that you're not aware of have the ability to look at that data. And you need to know, uh, you really do need to know who's looking at your data besides your own people. Um, I started knowing if your own people are doing what they're supposed to do and are they accessing the information correctly. But for the more sophisticated and able organization, you also want to be looking at the network. It's in the cloud, and again, we'll reiterate, it's in multiple devices. Um, what are your options? Well, the first option is pretty simple. Most of the market has been doing so far since HIPAA uh, was announced, since Omnibus rule was announced, since the high tech program was out there. But do nothing. You know, um, I can't tell you how many times I've had discussions with providers, with their staff, with the office managers who said, you know, we've been using this system for three years, we haven't had a problem. Why should I spend eighty, a hundred, hundred and fifty dollars on security systems when we've never had a problem? And you know the easy question is to say, how do you know you've never had a problem? If you're not looking, if you're not monitoring, you don't know. You know, And sometimes the answer may be, well, I don't want to know, right? Um, 
that would be not a really wise decision. Um, and if you do get audited, uh, if you were part of a high-tech program, I keep pointing back to that because that's where my experience comes from, um, you're liable for the day that you attested from that date up to now of having to pay back all of the money you received in subsidy plus all of the funds. That is going to exceed any cost that you might spend on technology in order to automate the process and be able to look at 100% of your data. So don't make that mistake of not doing nothing. Do something, even if it is a manual review of the data, put some process and procedure in place that allows you to look at it. If you don't know how to look at it, get your EHR company or whoever that third-party firm is to come in and sit down with you and spend some time with you, helping you to understand the codification of their system so that you can look at it and read it. Um, we've seen some companies that do some very sophisticated manual billing observations to make sure that they're getting all their billings correct. You might be able to cross-train those same people who are doing that to look at the audit logs of the system and do some type of a spot check. Um, it's an option that you can take advantage of. Uh, and then, of course, you're going to ask yourself, well, how much and what percentage should I do? Um, we've seen the OCR and the CMS audits on our side of the fence. Typically, it's going to be greater than 50% um, audit review that's taking place that they want to see. How often? It really depends on how clear your process is and whether you're doing it regularly. So if it's once a week, then it needs to be an intense, you know, one day out of five where you're looking at all of the system. Um, if it's once a day, that's great, and it needs to be maybe two hours a day. Uh, and and if it's once a month, you're going to fail. Um, guaranteed. You're just not going to pass. They're not going to accept that. There's no way for you to know and remember and to get everybody in your staff to recall what they did 30 days ago. Uh, it's tough with the patient flow that you have in your offices. It's tough to remember who came in a few days ago, yet alone yesterday, uh, and a month ago is just impossible. Having an automated solution that looks at 100% of that is going to be much more effective uh, and allows you to do a much greater drill down in terms of granularity. So obviously, I'm biased here. I admit that. Um, you want to look at the application level. You want to look at the network level, and you want to look at the device level to make sure that you're covering all of your systems. The next thing you may ask is, how do I pay for this? Um, you know, the money from high tech is gone, the program is over. Uh, maybe there's a few people who will attest this year and get some additional funds, but for the most part, the subsidies are gone, and I'm going to have to start paying for this myself. Um, our product, we work with partners across the United States, as Jill mentioned at the beginning, tends to average at about $80 a month. It really depends on how my partners are going to market with this. Um, that's $80 a month to cover all of the systems that you have in your office and review everything. So if you have one system, it's 80. If you have four systems, it's 80. And that's per provider. So if you have two providers, it's 160. Just as an example, if you were to look at 100% on your own, and assuming that California average rate is about $18 uh, an hour for the employees here, then you're looking at $266 a day. If you only review 20% of that on a month, which may be passable, that's $1,000 a month. Um, when you compare that net yearly, net contract, you can see the numbers there. Um, it's just really not beneficial and cost-effective for you to have one of your employees spending time uh, looking at audit logs when you can spend a nominal fee for them to have 100% of all of those systems reviewed for you. And again, the 
number one thing that our clients push back to us on is I want my people focused on patient care, not on technology. So if I can automate for a nominal fee, that's a much better solution for me, even though I hate paying you guys anything, and I get that too. A nominal fee is a lot better than zero. Uh, doing nothing really isn't an answer. So a few examples, if I may. Um, the first one here is a small practice in Florida who just recently came onto our system. Um, they have been part of the high-tech program, uh, worked with a local rec over in uh, southern Florida. And uh, they did their first SRA in 2013. They had not been ordered. Uh, they saw us on an organization similar to Jill's. They learned about our product and they brought that on board. Uh, you can see that they're using eClinical Works. Um, they, they have it posted on site, so we're actually able to pull the auto log from their system with them on a daily basis that's being uploaded into Sphere. And then Sphere is taking a look at that. And if they have an event, uh, an incident that is recorded, that's been sent back to them. Uh, to give you guys an idea, in our world, there's usually about one incident every seven days for a practice of this size, right? Um, so imagine the needle in the haystack if you're doing that manually, uh, and then determining whether or not that incident uh, is in fact a breach. And if it is a breach, then you got to go back and you got to look at that employee or look at that patient record and go back in time to determine if that's been happening before that. At a medium size, uh, critical access hospitals that we're working with in the state of Arizona. Um, here, they have about 15 providers in this organization that are supporting the hospital. But on any given day, there's only six uh, positions that are available. So the way we structured this deal for them on the med host environment was they pay for six, not for 15. Um, we don't charge for staff with our product. So whether they have 100 staff or 1,000 staff, we don't care all based on the provider. Um, they did complete their SRA and uh, we're able to work directly with them and support them. They use a free tool uh, down here, it's called Splunk. That allows them to monitor their network. Some of you might be interested in that. Uh, again, I can provide you with more information on that company. I don't resell that product. It's a great product, you might be interested in it. Um, and there's some interesting things that you can do to monitor and keep your costs at zero. So I'm more than happy to point you to where you can spend nothing and still get a more sophisticated solution. Uh, for FQHCs, we have a number of these across the United States. Uh, this is a fairly large one in the state of California. Uh, about 13 FTE providers there. Uh, again, eClinical work, so you see a, there's consistency here in terms of some popular products. Um, Again, their security risk assessment 2014. Um, they outsource to a different product called Lidos, which is a really large, expensive product. Uh, I don't necessarily recommend the Lidos product to everybody. Uh, Splunk probably does as much, and it's free. Lidos doesn't cost you a lot of money. Uh, but if you're looking to monitor the network level and also the application layer, then these are solutions that are available to you. And last but not least, uh, Dallas, Texas, which we all know has been in the news quite a bit uh, this last week. Uh, I will tell you that is not that hospital. And um, we're working together with them. Uh, that is with the EPIC system. So we're all familiar with EPIC. Uh, some people like it, some people hate it. Uh, we're pulling information from there and we're monitoring all of their departments uh, with our product and allowing them to determine where uh, any type of anomalies are occurring within their system. And again, you see a very sophisticated tool with HP ArcSight being used at that layer. I apologize for the high-tech technology kind of talk, but as you get into larger organizations, you find that the 
the technology becomes much more sophisticated. So the benefits of any type of an automated system, not just ours, but there are other really great products that are out there in the market, is you want to pay some nominal fee to get 100% coverage across all of your PHI systems. Knowing who is accessing your PHI is important to your business. I want to continue to stress that to everybody. Um, you want to be HIPAA compliant. I know HIPAA is like a thorn in the rear, but it's important for your business. It's important for your reputation. It's important to your patients, even if they don't know that right now. They're more interested in you taking care of them, uh, but as they hear and read stories about Home Depot and Dairy Queen and Target and every other retail store, at some point, somebody's going to start saying, what about the healthcare industry? And why aren't we seeing any stories about theirs? And if the media starts to catch on to those, then it's going to create the same type of panic about people and their records and the cost of those records. I'll share a little uh, anecdotal note for everybody. A record from Target was worth about 50 cents per record uh, on the open market. A record from a healthcare company, if it's stolen, is worth about $50. So if you're a bad guy and you're looking to steal a record, where are you going to go? And this is the biggest concern in the healthcare industry, or it should be one of the major concerns. You're going to see a lot of events in 20, the end of 2014 going into 2015 where people are focused on those numbers and the fact that healthcare is becoming a really big target for the people who want to uh, conduct identity theft and then sell those records to third parties. And those third parties are here in the United States. They're not overseas. They're not in Asia. They're not in Eastern Europe. They're in the United States of America. And that's what we need to be concerned about from a PHI perspective. Um, I put together another checklist. I had one at the beginning that I want you to use. And here's another one. Um, when you're looking at a solution, whether it's an automated solution or even a process that you put in place for your practice, you just ask yourself, is it compatible with the current systems? Are you knowledgeable of the current systems that you've been trained? I, I mentioned this before, but ask your providers to spend 20, 30 minutes with you, helping you to understand what the water logs look like and how to read them. Um, Make sure it's easy to use. Make sure the interface is simple so that you or whoever you assign, your compliance officer, your security officer, have the ability to interact with that application easily, that you can follow the workflow and determine whether or not an incident needs to become a breach. Um, you're going to want some reporting capability so that you have a record of that. So in the event that you get audited at a later date, you can pull those records out easily, both online and in paper, and present that to the auditor or the whoever comes into your office and starts questioning. It could be a lawyer from a patient who feels that somehow these things place. Multiple systems capable. Um, I stress this. I think this is the strength of what we do. Uh, so multiple systems, multiple sites, multiple users. You shouldn't have to pay X times whatever just to have multiple systems covered in your office. I don't think that is required in today's technology. The technology is sophisticated, and the advantage should be to the provider in terms of that. And finally, is the contract flexible? You've all probably negotiated contracts with your EHR company. You've been through that process. You know what you like and what you don't like. Use that same logic uh, as it relates to negotiating the contract with the party that you choose. Um, so I call this one the dreaded sales flight. Uh, I know I've been kind of talking about my product, but just one minute on it here. Um, our product is called Sphere. Sphere is developed to allow providers in both the ambulatory and the acute space to monitor what's happening within all of their EPHI contained applications. Um, we do provide user activity reporting. 
Uh, we have graphs. We have metrics that are built into the system. It's very similar to what you're used to with your credit card. If you live in Maryland and all of a sudden you get a call from the Visa people saying, did you just buy something in Phoenix? And the answer is no, they're going to shut your card down. We're using the same type of technology to track the users in your office. And we, we can see their workflow. If they do something different, if they start looking at a large number of records where they've never done that in the past, we're going to flag that, bring that to your attention, and allow you to determine whether or not that incident was in fact a breach. We send out regular alerts to each of you, uh, and we can lead you down the path to breach detection. And last but not least, the product is 24-7. So as long as you're uploading those logs into our system, we're reviewing every 24-hour period within your office and your operations and allowing you to have 100% coverage across all of your systems. So that's my pitch. Um, I'll answer more questions on that if somebody has a question later. Uh, let me summarize what I've gone over there. Bundle. You already have implemented security into your office. You probably have a firewall. You probably have some type of a password uh, policy, which nobody is following. Everybody keeps using the same passwords. Try to change them at least once every three months, uh, please. Uh, it would help you. It helps your office. It keeps you a lot safer. But look at a total package of not only just protecting from the outside, but how do I protect from the inside? I made that position that 67% of all the theft is from inside. So that firewall is not going to stop your employee. The firewall didn't stop Mr. Snowden from stealing information from NSA because he was inside the NSA. He had access. He was a trusted employee, and that's what we have, trusted employees who work for us. And unfortunately, they're the ones who take in our information. Um, look at the guidelines. Understand which guidelines apply to your business, and then ask yourself, what have we done to meet those guidelines? Right? You don't have to be the hero. You don't have to be number one at everything, but make sure you're addressing all of them. Um, I do recommend getting the security risk assessment done. And then what needs to be protected? Uh, look at those systems. Do a walkthrough of your office. Automate when possible. Remember it's a law. Remember the concern is internal. Protect your practices internally and get started today. Uh, the last slide has my contact information on it. Um, I'm Ray Ribble at allmedicalsolutions.com. Uh, my phone number is at the bottom there if you call and ask for me. Again, I would just say uh, let me know that you were part of this uh, call today, and that way I'll know how to calibrate my thinking for you and help you if I can. Uh, with that, let me pass it back to Joe. Well, thank you so much, Ray. This was a very informative presentation on uh, the need to monitor EPHI access. Uh, if you have any questions for Ray, please use his contact information on the screen. And as I said, our team at First Healthcare Compliance, we're available to you at nine, from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Please call us if you have questions or would like to schedule a quick demo of our software. Thank you very much.